0: All right, good morning, everyone. Come on in, find a seat. So wonderful to see you today. Can we thank Arise Worship for leading us in worship this morning? Yeah. We are so blessed. And, real quick, I've got an announcement before I get started. This uh, Wednesday night, we've got First Wednesday Outreach, and this is. Uh, First Wednesday of every month, as you know, we're not having our regular Wednesday night gatherings, uh, but we're still meeting every first Wednesday for outreach and intercession. So y'all come this Wednesday. It's from 630 to 730, and there'll be people coming here needing food and groceries from our food pantry ministry. We'll be handing those out, praying with people. Uh, This room will be open for intercession and prayer as well. So come on this uh, Wednesday night. It's going to be powerful. We'd love to have you here part of it whether it's organizing or passing out food or praying with people. And uh also I'm excited it's the month of June. How many of you are excited for summer? Yeah? All right. Happy June. Happy June. Uh I'm thankful it's June because we have the opportunity this year to remember and celebrate that a year ago in June of 2022, the innocent blood soaked Roe versus Wade was overturned. A year ago. Yeah, amen. Praise God. You know, it was a win for precious life and, amen, Amen. children of destiny in the womb. And it was a win for the freedom and the restoration of women as well. And so can we just, you know, before we get into the message, can we just take a moment and just as the family of God, just begin to celebrate and give God praise. Can we take them? You know, we just thank you, Lord. Yeah. We thank you, Lord, for overturning and striking down the plans of the devil. Come on, give them praise. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Give God praise, church. And you know, uh, you know how many of you would like to declare with me this morning that June is now life month? All right, come on. <laughs> you know, and, and as we're talking about life month as a church, you certainly will not see Target putting up a special display for life month. Uh, you know, Disney and all the secular media outlets, they'll not be talking about it, I guarantee you. Uh, It'll not show up on your Google calendar, absolutely not. But I tell you what, it's on my calendar because it's on heaven's calendar. And I tell you who will be talking about it and celebrating is the true spirit-filled Bible-believing church of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you this month, you know, uh, celebrate Life Month all, all, all month long, and hallelujah, the, the wicked plotting and the drag queen debauchery and the satanic transgender targeting. It will not rule the month of June because Yahweh, the Lord God, is the head. He is above all. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. He reigns over the nations, and we celebrate as a holy people who worship a holy God. Amen. And that's what we celebrate this month in all ways. and always. And, you know, it's just with humble gratitude. And I was just thinking this week, you know, may we, may, we, may we as his people tell our children in the coming generations, you know, of the glorious deeds of the Lord as we recount the decades of prayer and, and tears and, and giving and work that's been done by, you know, everyday unsung Christians on behalf of the unborn. Amen. Uh, can we just one more time give God praise and thanks? Before I, before I go any further, I just. So, how many of you are excited for the month of June? <laughs> I am. Hallelujah. Uh, let's get into the word for us this morning. I'm going to go to the book of Proverbs this morning in chapter 1. And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 7. I'm going to be in the book of Proverbs, the entire message. This morning, but uh, I'm going to start in chapter 1. And in verse 1, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom, can you say wisdom, Wisdom. and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, can you say prudent? prudent, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple Knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables and the sayings and riddles of the wise. Verse 7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we're going to be talking about wisdom and prudence this morning, and we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. In ancient Israel, there were three main ways that God spoke and revealed himself. And now, of course, God, he, he speaks in many ways. He does as he pleases, the scriptures say. So he spoke in many ways. But we do mostly see him speak and reveal himself in ancient Israel through the prophets, such as Isaiah, Ezekiel, uh, Deborah, to name a few, uh, through priests uh, who ministered to the Lord, and they led people in worship to the Lord and brought the word of the Lord uh, through worship. And then we also see where God speaks and reveals himself through the wise. And these were like the counselors to kings. And so when we look at the Bible, uh, first of all, wisdom is uh, throughout the word of God because Jesus is wisdom. Can you say that with me? Jesus is wisdom. Uh, And Paul in Colossians 2, he talks about, he says, "Christ "...in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." So the full counsel of the Word of God, it's permeating with wisdom and knowledge. But then uh, we do have these wisdom books in the Bible, such as Proverbs and uh, Ecclesiastes and, and even Job. Uh, and uh, are we doing okay on the microphone? Should I, should I change over? Can you, are you guys okay? Yeah, you're so you're good. Okay, I'm just hearing it more up here. Okay. Um, so we've got these uh, wisdom, uh, wisdom books in the Word of God uh, where was I, such as um, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, and as I said, even Job, that served almost like a a training manual, okay, like a training manual to raise up emerging leaders that could serve like David and that could serve like Solomon. And uh, and these books, they bring the wisdom of God to practical situations. And I just love the book of Proverbs. It, it always just draws me in. It draws what Draws me in like feels like my whole being is just drawn in as I'm reading through this. It's a it's about living skillfully, and it's about living thoughtfully unto the Lord. And it takes the complex and it makes it easily understood. And that is the Holy Spirit breathed brilliance of the Proverbs. Uh, So Proverbs chapter three verses thirteen through eighteen they say, uh, "Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver." And yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is like a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Wow, what a promise, right? Wow, it's saying if you get wisdom, there is nothing on earth that can compare. Power It's not better than wisdom. You know, riches, whoever the richest person in the world that you can think of, if you've got wisdom, you've got more than them. You know, fame, popularity of the world. If you've got wisdom, you've got it all. You don't need their praise because you are so anchored. You know, wisdom, it says, yields better returns than gold which is it's the most precious substance of ancient times, and it continues to be of such utmost high precious value. And in Proverbs chapter 8, it tells us, it says, uh, wisdom calls out to you. That's what it says, wisdom calls out to you. Uh, It says wisdom is calling out to you, and it takes a stand where the past meet and calls out to you at the entry gates leading into the city. Okay, this wisdom that is calling out to you, that is Jesus. That is Jesus because Jesus is wisdom. So the wisdom... In Proverbs, it's not meant to be read like a good devotional, okay? Uh, it's meant to be lived in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. It's like sitting with Jesus in your favorite spot. How many of you got that spot? You know that place where you spend time with the Lord? It's just that sweet spot for you. Okay, it's like being in your special place with Jesus and Him speaking with you and fellowshipping with you and saying, hey, this is how you live. I'm calling out to you. And I'm teaching you how... To live. This is how you are blessed. This is how you remain upright. This is the tree of life. Take hold of me. The wisdom of proverbs is—it's out of this place of abiding in and and seeking and listening to Jesus. Amen. So let's let's dive in. There are a lot of ways that society likes to kind of categorize people, right? There's of course there's young and old people. There are. Uh, upper class, middle class, lower class. They like to, you know, categorize their different personality tests. You know, you got introverts, you got extroverts. Uh, and I was thinking too, there's there's a lot of people categorize people through what region of the country they're from. You know, you got, we got the North, we got the South, we got the Midwest and so forth. And I remember when Nedra and I first got married, uh, she had actually, uh, she grew up, she was born in Connecticut, and early years of her life, they kind of moved around with her dad's job and lived over in France for a little while and then back to Connecticut, but then kind of landed outside of Atlanta in Georgia for most of her childhood. But uh, where she grew up outside of Atlanta, it was the South, but it wasn't like the South South, you know what I mean? It was like, it wasn't Clanton, Alabama where I grew up. <laughs> All right, so I remember, she been, we'd been married maybe 10 months to a year or so, and her mom had called her. And uh, she was like, Nedra Gail, why are you singing to me? She was like, what, what has happened? Where did you get this accent? And what she meant was, so before Nedra moved to Alabama and spent so much time with me and my family, it was like she would say, hey, Mom. But then after being here for a year, she'd say, hey, Mom. <laughs> hey. You know what I'm talking about. And then I remember the first time we went to the grocery store together She's like, um, she's like, hey, will you grab that, the shopping cart? And I stopped I said, you mean the buggy? How many of you know it's a buggy? How many, how many shopping carts we got? How many buggies? Yeah, it's, I knew it would be split. Mostly buggies, right, if you're from here. I said, you mean a buggy? And then I remember, um, this is like a few of many like, of our cultural you know, conversations we've had to, talk through, but I remember we were, I was talking about my, us seeing our, you know, my cousins and aunts and uncles, and I said, yeah, we're going to see my kinfolk, and she stopped and said, you're what? I said, you know, my kinfolk. She said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I said, you know, you've heard the word kin, she was like, yeah, so then you just add folk to it, my kinfolk. You know, aunts, uncles, cousins, kinfolk. She's like, how about just the members of your family? Like, yeah, kinfolk. <laughs> so it's so funny, but you know, so, you know, all these different, you know, regions and, and society categorizes people from where they're from in all these different ways. But um, the Bible and the Proverbs and Scripture, they mo- it most often classifies people in three categories they are the wise, the foolish, and the evil. And I I, I talked about the wise and the foolish and the evil in a message earlier this year entitled Gatekeepers and Gardeners. And I shared a prophetic word at the beginning of this year uh, saying, bring forth the gardeners. And so ideally, you know, uh, you know, we don't just want to prophesy something and then not, not unpack it throughout the year. And so I talked about discernment and assignment. And I spent a good portion of that message addressing how we discern who is who. You know when we're dealing with people and about the evil times uh, that is coming after a gener- generation uh, of children and how we are to be gatekeepers and gardeners in the kingdom for such a time as this, as we steward what God has entrusted us with. And so uh, if that so stirs you, you can go back and listen to it. But I- I've noticed that without us as a leadership team, even actually directly planning it, um, the, the act and the call to stewardship, uh, it, has, it, it keeps being continually weaved uh, throughout the, the messages and throughout the culture conversations this year at Arise. And praise God, because when you move from grasping and controlling to stewarding and empowering, it's a sign of maturity. And it's a sign of operating in the realm of the wise rather than in the den of fools. And Proverbs It talks a lot about fools, and it talks a lot about the wise. When we look at the scriptures, we see that fools are naive. Uh, We see that fools are easily influenced. Uh, Fools don't like a a lot of hard work. Uh, They don't want to be held responsible. Fools, they will blame circumstances. They will blame uh, people, the devil, the weather. You name it, it's getting blamed. They are always victims. Uh, A fool is not teachable. And doesn't want to grow in wisdom and maturity. All right, They may be intelligent. They may be charming, charismatic. They may even be high performers. But when it comes to submission and growing in maturity, they kick and they don't take in the truth. Uh, they justify and defend everything they do. And that's a fool. That, that is a fool. But the wise church, they understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9 verse 10. And when I position myself in the attitude of my heart in the fear of the Lord, then I have positioned myself in humility. All right, Proverbs 22 verse 4 says, humility is the fear of the Lord. It's a recognizing of who he is and that everything I have comes from his hand. And what a joy, what an honor of heaven that I am chosen and I am anointed to steward what's his. That's wisdom. But it begins with the fear of the Lord and it manifests as humility. If there is no humility, there is no wisdom. Uh, The wise are interested in growing in wisdom, and they are teachable. Uh, It's not about being smart either, because a a smart person can still be a fool, and at the same time, a less than smart person can be wise because of their humility. Uh, So let's talk about the prudent for a moment. Uh, Being prudent is something that we don't talk a lot about. It's not a vocabulary word even though it is biblical, that we use a lot on a daily basis. But we would do well to understand uh, what it means to be prudent as the scriptures teach us because wisdom and prudence are very similar and in connection with one another. And prudence is actually a key to growing in wisdom. Proverbs 8 verse 12 says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. Proverbs 14 verse 8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. Proverbs 12, verse 23 says, The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. What does it mean to be prudent? Uh, the prudent are uh, thoughtful. The prudent work hard. Uh, they ask questions, and they think through the steps. Uh, but uh, uh, the fool is quick, and they're sloppy, and they just hope for the best. Uh, but a prudent person thinks ahead. They patiently give careful thought to the long-term implications of of decisions. Uh, When a fool is impulsive and they don't ask hard questions and they don't think things through, uh, they look at the short term and then they make quick decisions. So I want to give you real quick four practical areas where we can see and contrast the foolish person versus the wise and prudent person. And then that way we can look at ourselves this morning and uh, just kind of see where we are and say, hey, how do I move forward Uh, With Jesus and grow in wisdom. So four areas, uh, contrasting the foolish person versus the wise and the prudent. Versus number one is finances. Fools do not think about money long term. Okay, they don't budget. They live from debt to debt. They impulse buy. Uh, They don't make a plan or seek the Lord for vision, and they just say, oh, it'll it'll all work out, and then they find themselves enslaved for a long time and extremely limited, not only in their own life, but limited in their ability to be a blessing. Uh, Proverbs 11, 24 through 25 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person, it says, will prosper whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Hallelujah. So you see, fools, they they hoard and they withhold, okay? And the wise understand that wealth is not determined by how much they have, but by how much they give away. I've heard a, a really good teacher by the name of Melanie Watson say that before here, right? Amen. You, see, uh, you, you have a, uh, let's say, let's say um, another example, you have a, a project that needs to be done at your house and The very first contractor uh, that comes to your house, you say, man, he's a nice guy. He looks uh, honest. Let's hire him. All right, then you find out this guy doesn't really know what he's doing or he's just starting out and should really be in more of like an apprentice role, right? He takes a month to do a five-day project. How many of you have been there? He leaves your house in a mess. He charged way more than he told you that he would but you didn't get more bids from other contractors. You know, you didn't ask around and get counsel. You just did it, and you said, oh, it takes too much time, too much hassle to be prudent. You see, the prudent uh, sees danger and takes refuge, it says in Proverbs 22.3. Uh, it says, but the fool sees danger and keeps going. So what what might the Lord uh, be saying to you about growing and being a prudent and wise person in this area, in your finances, uh, it's not ours. It's his. We are his stewards. We are his stewards. It's his. And we, we steward what he's given us, what he's put in our hands, what he's trusted us with. Number two, decision making. Big one. Fools make quick decisions. Uh, oh, Pastor Jeremy, I went to this conference and the speaker was speaking about my identity in Christ. Uh, I realized that I don't have to perform for his love praise God. Then someone came up to me and they prophesied that I'm going to move here to this city and uh, to that city and I'm going to be a catalyst for a movement of identity and revival across America. So I'm leaving in three weeks. Whoa, hold your horses. Hold up so uh, you're leaving that you, you have family members here, right that really man just, they just they love you and you do life with them, they help you. Oh yeah, yeah, man, they're amazing. I don't know what I'm going to do without them. Oh, okay. Oh, and, and didn't you just get that job promotion? And didn't God just answer your prayer You know, and put someone in your life that can really help ground you and spend a lot of time, meaningful time with you? Oh, yeah, he did, man. Lord's so good. It, it's been such a blessing. Oh, okay. Okay. I and mean, wasn't it about a month ago that you, you had that encounter with the Lord where it wasn't someone prophesying over you, but you heard from the Lord yourself? That you were called here to start working with children and teaching them their identity in Christ at a young age so that they can be raised up in freedom and power and love. And you heard the Lord say it was going to be the beginning of something that you could have never dreamed or imagined of for yourself. But a random person gave you a word at a conference. You felt goosebumps and now you're leaving in three weeks. Hmm. Hmm. Things that make you say hmm. Okay. Okay. Which, by the way, while I'm here, children at a young age, they should be learning their identity in Christ uh, because it's foundational. If you are just now, uh, as an adult, learning who you are in Christ, that you are in him, um, that you are in union with him, and that you don't have to perform for God's affection and for his love and his approval, that's amazing. Praise God that you are receiving this. I had to receive greater revelation of it in my early 20s. And I'm just so sorry, uh, truly, that the, the, uh, the revelation of identity and sonship was hidden from you. Uh, it's not right. But it's important to know that having this foundational revelation, it doesn't mean that you're ahead of everyone else in your knowledge of the Lord. Uh, what's happening is that the Lord is actually bringing you back. The Lord is actually bringing you back to the beginning. He's bringing you back to the foundations so that you can begin to build from freedom and from rest. And if anyone is teaching identity in a way that doesn't cause you to humbly surrender yourself to the Lord, then you need to really seek the Lord. Uh, Because it's very possible that it's making you feel good. It's making you feel better about yourself but it's not bringing you into a lifestyle of freedom that comes from surrender. It's not refining you and causing you to grow in humility and wisdom. Uh, and I love you all so much. That's why I'm, I'm sharing these things. Oh, um, Pastor Jeremy, my boss is toxic. You know, I had a terrible week. My coworkers are toxic. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. Uh, what? Oh, do you have something else lined up? No. See, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. All right, let's, let's thoughtfully seek the Lord and plan out a pathway for you towards the calling on your life. All right, now I've, I've made foolish decisions in my life, many. I'm not up here. I'm growing in all this as well, all these areas. I'm not Mr. Wisdom and Mr. Prudent up here by no means. In Titus 3, verse 3, it says, you know, we, we were all once foolish. Uh, so there is grace, but I really encourage you to spend time in the Proverbs as you grow in wisdom and prudence with your decision-making because, as you know, there's so many decisions on a daily and weekly and yearly basis that we need the wisdom of Jesus for. Amen. And I'll move on to my, my next point, but something that was just on my heart this morning was for women, uh, especially you know, Christian women, because I have three daughters that Nedra and I are raising up to be godly women And it is the the daily decision of modesty. Uh, You see, women, true beauty is guarded. I'm going to say that again. True beauty is guarded. Uh, It's why we put fences and walls around things that are precious. To expose that which is beautiful or to take down the walls is to tell the world that it has little value and that it's not worth guarding. When something is guarded, it's secure. When something is not guarded, it is insecure. All right, so it, it is not confident, and it is exposed, and it's liable to risk, loss, and danger. Uh, so keep the walls up, ladies. Uh, you are more valuable than you know. And honestly, we have to watch, watch out for this with uh, men these days as well. Some, you know, young women, if you're thinking about dating someone, and you go to his social media accounts and there's a bunch of pictures of him flexing with his shirt off. Maybe you let him grow up a little bit before you consider, <laughs> consider dating him. Don't, that's, a, that's a sign. How are you approaching that decision in front of you right now? Are you even going to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, what are you saying to me about this? What are you saying to me about that? Slow down and talk to him about decisions. It, uh, the Bible says the wise are patient. The fool is not. Number three, relationships. I have been a fool before and just jumped right in with ministry relationships and ministry partners. And I'd be in a meeting with someone. i get inspired, make an emotional quick decision, say, yes. Uh, I want to help you. Uh, I'll I'll partner with you. I'll hitch my wagon to yours. Yes, you come do this thing. You come do that thing at our church. You're anointed. You should be leading in ministry, which it comes from a good heart. But ultimately, it says, I care more about what you can do than who you are. You know, or how about, hey, I've just, I've got this massive prophetic word for your life and calling, but instead of asking the Lord first, if I should give you this word, I want to be the one that brings destined breakthrough in your life because it's about me, rather than considering that if I give you this word in the wrong timing, it can end up stifling you. It can end up causing you to buck up against the powerful process the Lord has you in. Uh, and sometimes the weight of that word you gave did not have a prepared place to hold it. Or sometimes uh, it is an immature word that you that you've received. And uh, it, there's an even bigger picture to the word that you haven't received yet. proverbs twenty nine verse twenty it says, "Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Uh, how about someone comes to you and they want to tell you everything that is wrong about a friend? Or a family member or someone, you know, in their in their life and they just, they want to dump it on you and tell you why they're so angry and terrible and horrible and they want you to agree, right? They thought, right? And they want you to agree, right, right, you know? So you are a fool to get in the middle of that. All right, thinking that you know because you don't know, because you know one side. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 17 says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes forward and questions him. Wise people say, "Hey, I don't know the whole story, and I'm so sorry uh, that you're in pain over this. That certainly sounds just really bad, but I'm I'm just I'm not in position to make a judgment about that person. I don't even know the other person, you know. uh, And in a relationship, I'm 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 absolutely all for resolving conflict and uh, being honest and open and biblically working." Uh, through something with your brother and your, and your sister, and it's required for a relationship, it is. And people also need a, they need a place to feel safe um, with how they feel. But when you uh, are upset at someone in, that you're in a relationship with and you want to have a meeting with them and sit down, right, and, or, or maybe worse, give them a text and tell them how upset you are, uh, slow down, all right, don't have that meeting so quick, because if you do, it's going to be all about you because you're, the, you're upset. You're anxious. You want to dump everything on that person so that you feel better. And Proverbs 19.11 says a person's wisdom yields patience. It says it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Sleep on it. Talk to the Lord about it. This could end up being a really big thing, and wisdom gives patience. So, again, with your relationship right now, your relationships, whether it's family, friends, someone at work, neighbors, church, Are there some areas that you can ask uh, the Lord? Say, hey, there's some areas in my relationships where I'm being a fool, you know, or am I being prudent? And what is Jesus saying to me on how I can be more wise in a relationship? Number four, lastly, getting wise counsel. Fools do not get counsel or they don't get counsel from other fools. Or I'm sorry. Fools don't get counsel or they get counsel from other fools. Because they want the fools to tell them that everything they're doing is okay. All right, Proverbs is very clear that wise and prudent people get counsel. Not only that, they get expertise counsel. They go to wise people. We all learn from our mistakes, right? It's part of it. But if we learn everything from our our mistakes, then we are a fool. Uh, Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And God's intention is that his, we are his church are to be a community of people that grow together in the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. And that you were never meant to live a life alone apart from God's people. So we all come together corporately like this to glorify and to, to minister to God and to be equipped to bring the culture of heaven to earth as his advancing ecclesia. And we come together because we need each other. Uh, we need to grow together in the wisdom of God in a world where there are masses and masses of people just drifting in foolishness. You know, so I've been asking this, you know, this question throughout um, the, this message. Where, where are you? You know, where are you on this so-called spectrum uh, between wise and foolishness? You know, what is God saying to you this morning about growing into a wise and a prudent person? Because this is critical. In being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because it's a moving from foolishness to wisdom. Because as you grow, it's not only about you. Uh, it, it's, it's also in order to be a gift to everyone around you. It's to your family, to your church, to your cities and nations. There is a gift from heaven that is in your hands to steward. And as we have been reading through the Proverbs this morning, it's meant to be read out of a new birth in Jesus All right, in John 3, verse 3, Jesus says, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Becoming a believer and becoming a Christian, uh, it's a complete new beginning. It's a new start. Hallelujah. It's it's a new birth that comes from heaven through the one and only Jesus Christ. It invades your life and my life. And this new birth opens up a whole new relationship with God. And so then discipleship is actually like walking it out into this new life. And so to get here and to uh, move in the wisdom as the Proverbs are talking about requires the miracle of a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a new birth in Christ. And then as a follower of Jesus, I'm then taking initiative to grow uh, slowly in time by practicing wisdom and being in community to grow into a wise person. That's discipleship. But it flows out of intimate relationship with the person of Jesus. And I say grow slowly um, in time because we live in a world where everything is now. You know, so much is artificial and it's quick and it's shallow. And yes, you get the power. uh, You get the power of wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit that is available. Wes gave a mighty, mighty, mighty life-changing Uh, message on the Holy Spirit last Sunday. You must have and you need the Spirit, but then through the power of the Holy Spirit, do not think that there is a substitute for discipleship, which is the regular learning and slowly practice wisdom over time where you emerge into a wise man, you emerge into a wise woman. Hallelujah, because we have to understand that in most situations, we're talking about breaking generations of foolishness, yeah. generations of foolishness. I know it's like a miracle today, right, just to, uh, in today's society to slow down. But I just invite you to take some moments this coming week to slow down, settle into being uh, still and silent and just say, here I am, Lord. You know, here I am. I want to grow into wisdom. I want to settle into hearing you. I want to hear your voice. Proverbs chapter 8. Does not wisdom call out? That's Jesus. That's Jesus calling out. Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips and speak what is right. Hallelujah. Arise, Worship, would you begin to come on back and as, you're, as uh, worship is coming back, I want to tell you, I got good news for you. How many of you want to hear some good news this morning? It's really good news. Jesus bears all of our foolishness, and it gives us new life. And If you ask, you know, hey, Jeremy, you know, say, say all you do, all the, say you do all the prudent work, right? Uh, Just say in one of these four areas I talked about this morning, whether it's uh, decision-making or relationships or finances. And you say, you know, my diligent, prudent work is saying one thing, but God is saying something different. The prudent decision is always you do what God says. The wisdom of the prudent is doing what God says. It always, it, it trumps it all. But we're doing the work of prudence in the process. Let's stand up. And uh, if we could begin to set up communion up front here as well, that'd be amazing. We have, we're having communion today. Yeah, amen. Woo, It's so important. Praise God, because you and I, we get to come to the table today, not by our name or by what we've done, but in the name of Jesus. All right Now how many of us have made foolish mistakes? All right? How many of us didn't just tell the truth when you didn't raise your hand? <laughs> we've all made mistakes. We've all been fools. And sometimes it affects and impacts the whole trajectory of our lives. It's big. but I'm here to tell you this morning, our God is bigger. He's, he's so much better. He's so good. He's so much more wonderful than we could ever imagine. That when we come to him with our foolish mistakes, he not only forgives us, but oh my Lord. He takes the mistakes and he weaves them into our lives to turn it into good for our future. It's amazing. There's no no one like him. Then he takes it further and he says, I'm going to cause your foolish mistakes to now become a gift to someone else. There's just no one like him. So do not believe the lie this morning that you're in the backup phase plan of your life because you are not. When you come to God, you are coming to a Father who has the best for you. Come to this table this morning understanding that you're on plan A with Him. Don't ever listen to the voice that says you're done. That's from hell. That's from hell. Don't listen to it. This table, it's about His love for you. It's about His grace. This is about Jesus saying, my body was broken for you. My blood was shed and poured out for you. We, we, we all come in need of Jesus this morning, church. You know, we come in the name of Jesus alone. So if you can be humble enough to come forward and say, I need Jesus who died for me and rose again, you come to the table this morning and partake. And maybe you're here this morning and you need a new birth. You come to the table. It's an altar call this morning. You come and you say, I need a new birth. I need you, Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need help. You come. In the name of Jesus alone. I'm going to ask you just start to kind of come from both sides of the room. Uh, start coming forward and, and get your bread. We can just make a line on this side and this side. And you're just going to get your, get your bread and you're going to dip it into the cup this morning. Yeah, go ahead and start coming as I'm talking. Yeah, that's great. And just get your bread. You're going to dip it to the cup. And if you would, just hold on to it for a moment and take it back. To your seat, so and just just wait for a moment till we all get our bread dipped in the in the juice uh, because we're going to partake of it together. And as you're coming, I'm just going to begin to bless this. Thank you, Lord, for this gift to receive communion. Bless this moment, Lord. Bless this bread. Bless this cup. And I pray you would release the Holy Spirit while we receive these elements and prepare to partake as the family of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, just get your elements. And then once everybody's got it, we will partake of them together.
1: Spirit. I want to see you I want to see See you rightly, Jesus I want to see you I want to see 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 you rightly Jesus I want to see you I want to see you see you rightly Jesus I want to see you see, see you
0: rightly, Jesus. We Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, our Savior, for forgiveness, for your restoration and your strengthening. And we make a declaration together today that we will abide in your love, that we will serve only your will and listen to your voice. As we answer your call of wisdom. Jesus said, Take this bread and eat this, my body. And he took the cup and he said, Drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant for the forgiveness of sins. So this bread and this this cup is life. It's life. We come for cleansing, saying we need the life of Jesus to mature us into wise men and wise women and to be what he's called us to be in the world today. So as the family of God, let's now partake the bread and the cup together.